Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Marisa Lagos and Fermina Kim. Coming up on Forum. New at 10, we're learning more about plans to build a city in Solano County. We now know the identity of the people who are buying up land around Travis Air Force Base. So some really, really, really rich people began grabbing up thousands of acres. It's not often that news from Northern California's sleepy Solano County makes international headlines, but that's exactly what happened in August when the story broke that a group of tech billionaires have been secretly buying up tens of thousands of acres of farmland as part of a plan to build a new city from scratch. We'll hear from the CEO of that group as well as a skeptical local lawmaker, and we'll take your questions. That's next after this news. This is Forum. I'm Marisa Lagos and Fermina Kim. For years, Solano County residents wondered who was secretly spending hundreds of millions of dollars to buy up family farms in their community. The rumors swirled. Was it Disney planning a new theme park? Was it some sort of Chinese government land grab? In August, the mystery was solved. The New York Times reported that a group of tech moguls, including billionaire uh, venture capitalists Michael Mortiz, philanthropist Lorraine Powell Jobs, and LinkedIn founder Reid Hoffman, had spent more than $800 million in land purchases as part of a plan to build a city from scratch on 50,000 acres of agricultural land. They've now gone public under the name California Forever and are promising to bring benefits like good-paying jobs, solar farms, and open space. But many questions remain. Later in the hour, we'll be talking to the group CEO. But first, here to break this down for me is J.K. Deneen, Bay Area housing reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle. Great to see you, J.K. Thanks for having me, Marissa. So you have been covering land use in the Bay Area for a minute or two. I won't. I won't. I won't date you too much. <laughs> Thank bad. you. Um, talk about this kind of what was really a mystery. Like I, I feel like at least out in Solana County, there was rumors for really years before it, this became public this August. What What was the genesis of this? Um, this is probably the strangest, most outlandish <laughs> story that I've covered in my many years covering real estate in the Bay Area. Um, yes, I think that f- for the first few years, I mean, the company was incorporated in, in uh, 2017, mm-hmm. so it's been a minute. Um, for the first couple of years, it was really just the local you know, Farm Bureau and ranchers that were kind of scratching their heads, and, and, and some of the ranchers were, and it was very divisive because some wanted to sell and some didn't. Some got incredibly rich. There were a lot of situations 
or some situations where there are various members of the same family that that had you know joint ownership over ranch land, and some of them wanted to sell, and some of them didn't. So it has been a, a divisive um, thing. But I think um, it really became uh, there was increasing pressure from. Um, from members of Congress, from from mm-hmm. Mike Thompson, because it's right near Vandenberg Air right, Force. Base. Exactly, that was the concern, and the concern was, you know, is it the Chinese? Are they going to be, you know, spying on our Air Force base? Um, and and so, you know, or or is it the Russians? Or yeah. who knows? You know, <laughs> and and I, honestly, um, the idea that it was a group of of well-to-do Silicon Valley, you know, titans. Um, wasn't a theory that I heard at all uh, until the New York Times, you know, got a hold of a, of a memo and 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 broke that story. Yeah. So put this in perspective for us. I mean, for those who haven't seen the maps, uh, the Chronicle's done a really good job kind of visualizing this. What are we talking about here? First of all, I guess kind of lay out where Solano County, kind of in the grander Bay Area, and then where how much of that land have they actually bought up? Right. So they've um, bought up about 50,000 acres in the eastern portion of Solano County between Fairfield and Rio Vista. Okay. Now, Fairfield is a city that is, um, in has grown about 30% in the last 20 years. Um, it is, it's home to Travis Air Force Base. It's got a downtown. It's the county seat. So it's got courthouses and administrative buildings. It's got actually a train station mm-hmm. um, for the Capitol Corridor. And it's also a city that that has been desperately trying to get developers, ironically, to invest in its downtown. Um, they, there's so they came up with a plan in 2017 called the Heart of Fairfield. They've got um, like 10 city-owned sites that they would love a developer to come and 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 develop some multifamily and housing. That's not part of this 50,000 no, acres. No, no. So that's they've had zero <laughs> success so far. Got well. It. Um, and the mayor of Fairfield, I believe, is going to be on later. She can she can talk about that. But you know, it, it's it's been a struggle. So then, it just it's kind of a little mind blowing that that you have this huge investment in you know a part of the the county where where nobody ever wanted housing. Or and thought. tell us about you went out there. I mean, if folks haven't been to Rio Vista, if they haven't driven that part of the county, I mean, it is open space. It is farmland. It is delta yeah, it's, adjacent. It's mostly it's it's mostly grazing land. Um, um, it's uh, yeah, it's dry farming. A lot of sheep, a lot of cattle, barley, safflower, um, wheat, and um, and it, it's beautiful. I mean, the, you see the windmills from the freeway, right? There's about a thousand windmills, and and ranchers get I think twenty five thousand dollars a year per windmill. Mm. So a lot of them do have windmills on their on their property. Some don't. Um, some of the land does um, run up against the Sacramento River. And so there's riparian water rights for for some of those ranches, and I, I visited one that has those. So if you look at the kind of the edge of the land around the Sacramento River, there you'll get more, um, you know, grapes for wine, um, alfalfa, which requires a lot of water, um, and so. But it's a very it's a it's a small sort of band along the river, yeah. and the rest of it's pretty dry, but good soil. I mean, it it holds water well. Is something yeah. that a lot of ranchers have told me. I know so. that's one of the concerns of some of the environmental groups we will get into. But before we do, and before we bring in um, the mayor of Fairfield, tell us about who's behind this. I mentioned a couple big names at the top. Um, tell us about this consortium. Who are they? Who's leading it? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a, a group of um, of investors, and 
Uh, you know, it includes like the Carlson brothers. It started Stripe. They're from Ireland. Um, and they, uh, it's, you know, Reed Hoffman, you mentioned, um, you've got Jan, who's the, the CEO who's going to be on in a little yeah. while. Um, and, uh, I just, it's, it's a group of people that have disrupted many industries, um, and who have, uh, who employ tens and thousands of people or their companies they've invested in employ probably hundreds of thousands of people in California. None it, in that county though, right? Uh, no, not that I know of, although I'm sure that there's, um, people that work at some of their companies that commute in from Vallejo or Fair, Fairfield, but I mean, they, like many business leaders, you know, they're concerned about housing and the cost of housing and, and, you know, some of the groups like the Carlson brothers, um, they, uh, have invested uh, heavily in California YIMBY, some of the the pro pro housing uh, groups that are pushing for to to change regulations to make it easier and faster to build housing in California. Um, I want to bring in the mayor of Fairfield, Catherine Cat Moy. Uh, mayor Moy, thanks for being here this morning. Hey, good morning. So JK has just been laying this out and how much of it kind of intersects with your city of Fairfield, uh, which I know pretty well, being one of those capital commuters <laughs> often. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> and yeah, we've seen a lot, I think, during pandemic, more people moving out um, up there. What What's your experience been like? When did you first learn about all of this and how did you learn about who was actually behind it? Um, well, I first learned about it back in 2018-19, um, and I wrote about it on my Facebook. I was a journalist for 20 years, so I have a um, a mind that questions everything. <laughs> but I got a call from a farmer out there. I was born and raised here, so I know a lot of folks, and I showed animals with them um, in 4-H and so on. So I got a call and they said, there's something going on out here. And I said, what's going on? They said, well, somebody's selling land or buying land. I said, okay, no, but it's a lot of land. And I said, how much? He said, 10,000 acres. And I thought, well, that is a lot of land out there. Um, so I went down to the county and started digging through public records. And I found that, no, it was at that time, 25,000 acres. So I called around to all the elected officials here um, and nobody had heard of Flannery. Flannery is the LLC um, that they bought most of this land under. They used a couple other names too, but Flannery LLC. Mm -hmm. And I started digging in and um, I could not get past, was a hell of a paywall. Um, I couldn't get through to who was behind this. Um, I did get the name Jan, who you're going to talk to a little bit later. I found, somebody gave me his name and said, you need to call him. I did try to call him. He didn't return phone calls. He told me now, about a month ago, that he never received the calls. Mm -hmm. But um, they did also admit to me that it was the New York Times that forced them out early. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what's your kind of gut reaction here? As JK laid out, your city has been trying to develop more housing, um, more industry. And, you know, I think the folks behind this would say, look, this is a great opportunity. So what what's sure. your initial response just to the sort of concept here? The Well, the initial response um, is that there are other areas that this group could uh, develop in and do a lot of good for humanity, um, including our downtown. Um, 
putting a new city in an area that is, uh, you know, 98% egg is not a good idea. Uh, we are running out of egg land. We don't need to develop it. Um, they have bought, it's going to be 60,000 acres, Jan told me, um, is their top end. So they're close to that. Um, and uh, that's twice as big as my city is right now. And I have about 123,000 people here. So, you know, my my knee jerk is, wow, um, I think there's something else going on here. Hmm. And do you feel, I mean, putting aside the, the kind of vague plan itself, um, yes. do you feel that the way they went about it in secret has kind of, I don't know, turned some people off? Like, is that part of the frustration here? It, it actually is, yes. Um, I think that uh, people here are, in Solano County, you know, we are still an egg-based county. Um, and we are very welcoming to people. I've not had any problems with uh, when we build a new development here inside the city. Um, but keeping things secret, well, it automatically gets your radars up. And for it to go on so long, um, is it's disappointing and somewhat, I think, disingenuous. Yeah, some trust building perhaps to do. That is Catherine or Kat Moy, the mayor of Fairfield. I'm also here with J.K. Deneen, Bay Area housing reporter at the San Francisco Chronicle. We're talking about a new city proposed by tech investors in Solano County, maybe two cities. We'll see. What do you think about the proposal? What questions do you have? Especially if you live in Solano County, we would love to hear your perspective. You can email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Discord. We're at KQED Forum. And you can give us a call now. We're at 866-733-6786. That's 866 866- 733-6786. Already some listener comments. One listener writes, it's sad we have to depend on the, quote, kindness of billionaires to save us. Governments can't even keep up with the potholes, let alone innovate. More to hear from our listeners ahead. Stick with us. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. 
Welcome back to Forum. Marisa Lagos here today with J.K. Deneen from the San Francisco Chronicle. And still with us is Mayor Kat Moy of Fairfield. Um, Mayor, before I let you go, um, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the concerns you have. Um, what, I mean, broadly, when you look at this, um, you know, the group behind this says that they're going to be spending a lot of time in the coming months talking uh, to the community, thinking about what they want um, in, in their community. I mean, what what do you say to that? What are you hearing from the folks that you represent in Fairfield? Well, um, first, I think it's great anytime we can have conversations. And I have told Jan that um, I think we're going to meet or speak at least once a month. Um, we need to know what the other one is thinking and doing. Um, I, there's a lot of trust building going on that's going to need to go on before any project is done out there. And there's a lot of, uh, of, Big, big hoops they're going to have to jump through. Now, I know they have the money and they're used to getting their way on things, I'm sure. Um, So maybe they can do that. But there's a lot, a lot of hoops. The biggest one and the thing that my constituents fear most is any threat to Travis Air Force Base, which is inside my city. It is the largest airlift in the world. um, And we... Uh, need that and rely on it around the world. Right now, we're taking all the munitions to Europe to fight Russia. So that's happening through Travis Air Force Base. It's huge. Um, So any kind of encroachment, and that doesn't just mean houses up to an area. It also means things like reflective um, solar units. They want to put solar farms in. Um, You have to be very careful about what you're doing there because it blinds pilots. It's very, it's tricky. Mm -hmm. Um, And and our big deal, my number one thing is to protect my citizens and also in this case, protect our national interests as well. Yeah. Um, Before I let you go, I know, I mean, you've mentioned how important agriculture is and keeping some of that space open. You've mentioned the Air Force Base. I'm curious, the other big thing I think we're hearing already from our listeners is traffic. Um, The I-80 runs through there. Uh, JK mentioned that that Amtrak does come through there. But when you think about that and and really building up, um, you know, that area outside of Fairfield, what what concerns do you have? What concerns are you hearing? And are there things that this group could do to, to alleviate them in terms of how they're thinking about this planning? Sure. Um, well, first of all, Interstate 80 does not go near that property. Uh, you would have to go down Highway 12 or Highway 113 um, to get out to those areas. The traffic is already horrific on both of those. Highway 12 is a two-lane highway that goes up and down from Fairfield into Rio Vista all the way out to Interstate 5. It's two lane. We call it blood alley because so many accidents out there and during commute time, it is backed up. So that would have to be widened. Some people say to six lanes, Um, you're going to and that would cost billions of dollars. And, um, you know, Jan has told me that they'll pay their, quote, fair share. Well, as my citizens see it, their fair share is all of it because we aren't going to expand it to four or six lanes without a project like that. Hmm. All right. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, mayor Moy, I really appreciate your time this morning. That is Catherine Moy, mayor of the city of Fairfield. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. We are talking about a new city proposed by tech investors in Solano County. And we do want to hear 
from you. Uh, what do you think about the proposal? What questions do you have? If you live in Solano County, we'd love to hear your perspective. You can email us at forum at kqed.org. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Discord. We're at KQED Forum. Give us a call now, 866-733-6786. That is 866-733-6786. Noel writes, I would really love to see what happens when the rubber hits the road. None of the utopian extras and just another real estate developer land grab. I think some of these people observed how many people were moving to Sacramento area and commuting to the Bay Area, and they thought this town would help that. And Andrew writes, they make it seem like they intend to build a dense, walkable, livable area, but I worry it will end up being another cookie-cutter, car-dependent suburb like Walnut Creek. I certainly don't believe these billionaires care about public transit. I'm sure they haven't used transit this century. All right, Jan, you are <laughs> in the hot seat now. Um, I want to bring in Jan Stramek. He is founder and CEO of California Forever. They are the group that is uh, backing this whole plan. Thanks for coming on Forum. It's great to be here. So uh, give us your elevator pitch. Um, this idea has become controversial, but it, it shouldn't need to be. I mean, uh, California has, has had an ongoing uh, challenge with housing. We have working class families who are leaving the state to Texas and Florida. Uh, many of the people who've been uh, discussing the project in the press, when you ask them where do your kids live, they say they moved to Texas because they couldn't afford to live here. Um, and at the same time, you have, you talked about people moving to, um, one of the, one of the um, commenters talked about people moving to Sacramento. Um, and Solano County, what we hear when we talk to people on the ground is they've been getting, um, um, they haven't been getting their fair share. And so what we hear in Solano County is it's a county that's become a bedroom community. It's a county that hasn't received its fair share of major employers. It hasn't received its fair share of tax dollars. Um, and it hasn't received its fair share of things like transportation dollars because it's in between the Bay Area and Sacramento. And many people feel that they've been left out. Um, and so um, Mayor Moy correctly identified many of the challenges, such as the highway. Um, but that highway, people in Rio Vista have been trying to reroute that highway for the last 30 years. Rio Vista is this beautiful town on the river. The highway runs right through it. They've been trying to um, really build up the downtown. And what we hear when we talk to people in Rio Vista is we can't have a downtown if we have 18 wheelers running for the downtown. Mm. And so there's a lot of regional in- improvements that need to happen. And, and what we've said to, to, to Mayor Moy and many others is we hope that our project can be a catalyst to bring more investment, bring more tax dollars to Solano County. So I heard a lot there about what you want to fix, but how, how do you do that? So what is the pitch here? What are you guys proposing uh, in simple terms? Uh, we are proposing to build a walkable community that would then be sur- where we would bring jobs and housing um, to Solano County. Um, and then we are proposing to surround that with a green belt of agriculture and open space, including solar farms. Uh, and so um, we compress the development, we, we build a, compa- a, a compact community, and that then in turn allows us to preserve um, a significant proportion of the land as agriculture and protect the longstanding heritage of agriculture in Solano County. And uh, does that mean when you say you want a walkable city, does that mean that you're imagining most of the people who live there will also be working in this new city? Um, how, how does that kind of... I mean, we would expect many of them would be working in the new city. We would expect that the, the, the key measure that we take is that a, your eight-year-old should be able to um, walk to school alone. And that if you're going to um, get your groceries or if you're going to um, um, go to a restaurant or, or to a uh, to cafe, you should be able to walk to it. And so um, our plan is a, is a city where most people live within five to ten minutes walk of a local 
shopping street. Now, if they work outside of the city, they would they would use a, a car for that or a capital corridor. Um, JK, I mean, you've covered a lot of land use uh, kind of on the gamut. Um, we know that affordable housing is a huge challenge here. I mean, when you hear this, like, what are the considerations you think about as somebody who really studies land use and how we build infrastructure and communities? Yeah, I mean, just in terms of the, and I know that this California Forever project is is going to be decades and decades in the making. So maybe it doesn't completely, isn't completely fair to look at the current status of, but we have all these mega projects all over the city that are like, you know, the shipyard in Hunter's Point, like the Baylands, like Mare Island, like Treasure, Treasure Island, Island yeah. like, I mean, there there's, there's a dozen of them. Um, the Bay Area is blessed with having a lot of um, former air, uh, military bases. And so all of those are at some stage of development. But right now, we've got, and for the last 10, 15 years, we've got the situation where even though those properties already have infrastructure, public transit, many, you know, many are close to jobs, um, they're, they're not getting built because the, the, they just don't work financially. Mm. And, um, and so I guess my question is, you're, ta- you're, you're, you're looking at a, a new city that doesn't have any of that stuff. Right. And so how is that going to be built? You know, how is that going to attract the capital necessary to build it when all these other projects have been unsuccessful at doing that? A lot of it comes down to the product type. So the big challenge with a lot of these a lot of these um, infill projects in in San Francisco and Bay Area more broadly is that they rely on building high rises, and because of the cost of land and the cost of construction and the cost of many of the um, the deals that have been struck in the past to build those projects, it's impossible to build a even a two bedroom unit that you can sell for anything that a working class family or middle class family could afford. Uh, and so that's why those projects are not getting built. And we absolutely believe that infill is going to be part of the solution. Um, and so if you look at both the people that we have working on the project on the team um, and many of the investors, all of those people are active in infill projects in California. Mm-hmm. They've invested in them. They are working on them. They are designing them. Um, but we have a, we've been underproducing homes in California for 40 years. And so um, we are very much in favor of infill, but we we do believe that we're not going to fix this problem and and stop working class families from leaving the state unless we do both infill and then some very selective, smart, um, compact, walkable development. And that's what we're trying to do. We have a lot of callers. Our phone lines are actually full. So if you want to get a comment in, please uh, send it on email, forum at kqed.org or on social media at KQED forum. I got to ask, though, like, you know, you guys are talking about how this stuff pencils out. So what's the motivation here? We have investors who have spent almost a billion dollars. Ostensibly, they want to return on that money, correct? Correct. I mean, it's a it's it's, it's a financial investment, but I think what um, the investors have in common is that um, there are a lot of people who over the last five years have um, have given up on California. There's a lot of people who've moved out of the state. They've, they've moved to Texas. They've moved to Florida. Um, there are companies that have moved out of the state. Um, and uh, we've gone out and, and found a group of people who want to double down on California, who believe in the state, who believe in the optimism and the dynamism, and uh, um, who want to use their resources to build something great in California. All right. I'm going to bring in some callers. Jack in Fairfield, go ahead. Yes, thanks for the call. Um, one of the more intriguing things, Mr. Smart, you've, you've uh, claimed is that no public monies will be used. Now, let me let me give you my thoughts, and you tell me what I'm thinking incorrectly or, or correctly. The infrastructure costs are going to be huge, just crushing. 
um, it's a remote area. So it seems to me Highway 12 has to be uh, widened. 113 has to be widened. You're going to have to, what, make a water treatment plant, a sewage treatment plant, put in all the pipes, electrical, sewer, water, plus build the town. So to pay for that, it seemed without public money, it would seem to me you have two choices, maybe more. One would be to, to embed those costs in the price of the house, which would raise the price and keep the monthly payments low. Or you could keep the house price low and uh, pay for it with a mellow ruse. So what have I missed here? Thanks, Jack. Uh, mellow ruse for those who aren't deep in land use as a tax, special tax district. Uh, thanks, Jack. Go ahead. I would say that the um, uh, the improvements that would benefit solely um, our our community would be financed the way that developers are financing them everywhere else, uh, and so there would be Melarus uh, and other financing districts. There are projects that are being built in um, in, for example, Fairfield around Cannon Station um, that have been built on on Greenfield, and they require the building of sewers and infrastructure and treatment plants, and so it will work very similarly for us. When it comes to improvements that benefit the larger North Bay uh, communities, such as Highway 12, um, we would pay, as we've said, our fair share of it, and we hope that our project can be a catalyst to make them happen. Um, but there are hundreds of thousands of people who would benefit from Highway 12 being improved, and so there would be a larger regional project. As, as Mayor, Mo said, Mayor Mo Moy said today, Highway 12 is one of the deadliest highways in California. There was a car crash in Rio Vista a few months ago where six people died in a single car crash. And so if, if we can figure out how to improve and potentially move Highway 12 out of Rio Vista, that's a project that would benefit hundreds of thousands of people, not just uh, our project. And you still have to pay for it, though. We would pay our fair share of it. I mean, there, there, there's... What does that mean? Who's we? Like the company itself? Well, it's, it will be the company or the residents in the new town, and it, it always ends up being a combination of, of tax increment districts or, or, or the developer paying for some of it. But it's um, you look at how many people benefit, and, and then you kind of... Right. Uh, there are many people right now who, who commute, say, from Rio Vista to the Bay Area through Highway 12. Uh, and if we improve the highway and improve that commute and make it safer, um, then that's a benefit that accrues to Rio Vista, not just to our project. So is the thought that you will be subsidizing some of this to make it affordable? Um... You mean the the housing the I mean because when we talk about building housing in the Bay Area we know how expensive it is even if you know you're in this new place and I mean I just wonder like how do you pencil it out so that if people are having new tax assessments if we're building beautiful new housing and infrastructure like if you're gonna if you're gonna make it affordable for lower income people you're there's gonna have to be subsidies. I mean, I think that if you look at the projects that are being built there right now uh, on Greenfield, those projects pencil out at, at way more affordable rates than almost anywhere else in the Bay Area. So I think it's possible to build uh, an affordable project that's affordable by design. Okay. Albert from Rio Vista. Albert, thanks for calling. Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks very much for the opportunity. It's a great show. Uh, my name is Albert Medvitz, and my wife, Jean McCormick, and I are ranchers uh, out here in Rio Vista. Uh, we have been approached by Flannery and declined their offer. Uh, but I would like to uh, uh, make a couple comments and questions and kind of ask for some clarification from Mr. Smarnick. Um, Smarnick, sorry. Uh, first of all, he typically has badly mischaracterized the land out here as having bad soils and not suitable for farming. And 
we are dryland agriculture, so we produce significant, important products without irrigation when water is scarce and it's getting scarcer. We are major suppliers to the Nyman Ranch system of lamb. Three of the four of us who provide that that supply are under serious lawsuits uh, that uh, basically put the ranchers out here under gag orders in their uh, uh, purchases out here when they have purchased land they have uh, insisted on non-disclosure agreements so farmers have not been able to comment whether or not they sold willingly or not mm-hmm. um, so there's a whole range of issues uh, about that and uh, and and uh, he's been far less than forthcoming um, He's basically shredded the community out here and, uh, and create great conflict in, in families that are now struggling to meet the, uh, their demand, right. let alone replacing important farmland that, if water were, surprised, uh, were supplied, could rival any land in the state uh, with a city is ludicrous when we face climate change and uh, a, a, a declining food supply. Thank you, Albert. Uh, um, we only have a couple minutes before break. I do want to give Jan an opportunity to, to respond. Um, I think you hit a lot of really important points, um, including, you know, farmers who don't want to sell, who see this as a death knell to their livelihood. Um, but Jan, go ahead, respond to, to Albert's points. I mean, I think I would say, first of all, we've, we've, um, we haven't used non-disclosure agreements. Uh, the farmers are free to talk as they wish. Um, we have purchased properties from probably 500 people. Um, we've had some conflicts with maybe a couple dozen. From the other 480 people, we have countless letters that tell us about how great we've been able to work with, how this has been a fascinating, this has been an amazing change for their family. They've been able to continue farming their properties. They have sent the kids to college. They have paid off debt. They have started businesses. They've been able to use the money to go and buy property elsewhere in Solano County that can be irrigated. It can have higher yields. Um, 100% of the properties that Flannery purchased continues being farmed. It continues being farmed by the local farmers. We generally have excellent relationships with them. Um, we, we haven't said that the, um, uh, what we said about the land is that it's grazing land, uh, and that's all true. Uh, and we look forward to working with Mr. Medwitz and, um, and uh, Mrs. McCormack and many other ranchers in the area um, on forming this agricultural green belt around the community um, and uh, continuing ranching and farming operations there for decades to come. That is Jan Schramek. He's founder and CEO of California Forever. Also here with J.K. Deneen at the San Francisco Chronicle. We are talking about a new city proposed by tech investors for Solano County. We'll be back after a short break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Marisa Lagos and Fermina Kim here with J.K. Danina, the San Francisco Chronicle, and Jan Schramek, founder and CEO of California Forever. We're talking about the new city or cities proposed in Solano County. Uh, one listener says, to be honest, many of the cities in California were founded by rich people. I don't see how this is different. Um, one uh, Another comment is why is this considered innovative urban sprawl or development is not a new idea if we're willing to pave over natural or agricultural land to build more houses and create more jobs why not pave over all of our natural spaces also i thought we've known for a while that we need to make cities denser not expanding and sprawling Jan, i'm curious albert our farmer and and i think kind of intrinsic in this brought up questions of resources um you might have heard we are in California, there's water issues here. What's the water source for this? Um, I think before I get to water, I would just say one thing, which is um, uh, the, the, the proportion of California that has been built into cities is 6%. It's 6%. Most people think that it's 20 or 30%. It's 6%. Um, and so in a world where so many Californians can't afford to, to, to live close to where they work uh, or they are leaving the state and you have these two-hour commutes, um, I think that we need to consider the trade-offs and what we are proposing would, would not make a dent in the 6%. And, and so that's, that's part of it. The second one is one of the most magical uh, parts about this particular site is that unlike most places in California, it actually has water. Uh, and so this site is located north of the Delta, uh, which is very important for being able to get water supply there. Um, and so I know there are concerns about about water, but we will be putting forward specific plans by the end of the year. Um, but this site has water from multiple sources, including from surface water rights, from groundwater rights, and then there are other sources of water that um, we should be able to utilize and we'll be putting forward those plans. Before of the course, of the we've year. seen the problems in the Central Valley with overusing groundwater. Um, I know the Greenbelt Alliance is worried about flood inundations, uh, inundation zones. Um, a lot of your answers are, we're going to put it forward. I, clearly, you guys are thinking about this because you've been spending hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, at, at what point do does this stuff get put forward? And what's the plan for the coming year ahead? We'll put it forward by the end of the year or by January the latest. And I think that to, to all of the people who are saying, where is the plan? I, I would say we take the, the listening um, uh, the listening tour and the learning from the community over the next four months very, very seriously. Um, and so... Uh, we don't want to put forward any plans until we've had a chance to reflect everyone's feedback in those plans. Um, and uh, sometimes it's the same people who are telling us where are the plans and how come that you not, you haven't listened to the community. And so um, that's something that we're taking very seriously right now. Uh, and we've been, been getting a lot of, lot of input from the community, and that is changing how we think about the plans in real time. Yeah. And so we'll be putting something forward by the end of the year. I'm curious... Um you know, we've seen in the New York Times and other uh, sort of media coverage pointing out that this is not the first time that some rich people have proposed these types of, um, I know you, you don't like the word utopia, but, um, you know, a dream city, something that you can start from scratch. And I think on paper, it's a really exciting idea. What have you guys learned from all the previous ones that didn't work? Well, I think that... Um, what we've, I mean, I, I don't know that... What we've learned from those is that um, 
I think that these attempts to reinvent uh, urban living are very misguided. And so when we think about the design, we, we, we break it into two buckets. And there's the infrastructure and sustainability piece where we very much want to innovate. Um, and there you look at solutions like water reuse and recharge and, 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 and renewable energy and solar farms and, uh, and integrated grids um, and all of these things. And, and we very much want to do all of those things. And we do believe this will be one of the most sustainable new communities in America. Um, when it comes to the design of the actual place, um, we've never understood these attempts of star architects to come up with some vision for how people should live. Um, we think that there's so much wisdom in how we've built cities and towns over the last hundreds or thousands of years in, in, in some cases. And so from the beginning, we've, we've believed that you, um, you go back to go forward. And so from the very beginning, when we started looking at the design, we've looked at the great American neighborhoods that have been built largely in the 19th century and definitely before the car. Um, and the, the, the vision that we will put forward and the plans that we will put forward will be very inspired by those great old American neighborhoods that someone who was born 100 years ago will recognize. And so I think we are very different than many of the attempts to build new cities um, by people who've been uh, wooed by vision of some star architects to build the, the, the city of tomorrow. We want to build a city of yesterday. Hmm. JK, you want to jump in? Uh, yeah, I'm just super interested about densities. Um, so if you look at uh, some of the, and also jobs. I mean, if you look at like Ir Irvine is the famous example, incorporated um, 60 years ago. Um, and uh, and it really grew, uh, I think in 1959, um, the University of California was given about 1,500 acres. And that became kind of the heart of, of this new city. Um, is there something... Similar, some institution, even if you look at Mission Bay, you know, much smaller scale, only 300 units, a neighborhood in San Francisco, that it's flawed, but it's, it's been pretty successful in many ways. And that is really, that's anchored by, by UCSF and, and, and now with the, the um, Oracle Arena and, and the ballpark as well. But really without the UCSF and the research and the hospitals, Mission Bay wouldn't have worked. Is there some kind of institutional kind of anchor that gives this, will give this mm -hmm. new city a, that's one question, you know, kind of give it a, a purpose, I guess, a little a bit that it would be organized yeah. around. And then my other question is, what kind of density? I mean, you, you were saying that some, a lot of the projects don't work because they're high rise, right? That's very expensive. You know, steel frame, 30, 40 story buildings. Um, but what kind of density is, how big is the city yeah. going to be? Is it be? You said tens of tens of thousands. I mean, is that 30,000 or 100,000? Are we talking six-story buildings, four-story buildings? From the renderings, it looks like yeah. it's mostly kind of townhomes, like two, three, four. Yeah. All right. Let, let's no, have sorry. you on because we're, no, we're getting yeah. to the break. Yeah. Um, I think on the density piece, it's, um, it's, 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 we, we do believe that the, one of the dominant uh, uh, types of housing in, in, in the new city should be row houses. Uh, we think that row houses are some of the most underappreciated um, uh, types of types of building in, uh, in in our cities today. They are this missing density housing. You can uh, you can you can have small construction firms build them. They can be built much more cheaply. Um, they can be de facto kind of single family row house where you have a yard and as one family lives there, you can break them up into multiple apartments. And so we would expect that would be the bulk of the early um, homes that we would build. In terms um, of an institution or some sort of anchor? We're looking at a m multiple ideas, including colleges, hospitals, and large employers. Mm -hmm. um, um, it definitely helps if you have one in the beginning. Um, even with UC, UC Irvine in Irvine for a long time, Irvine 
Irvine was largely a bedroom community for LA. Um, and then over time, employers came. And there's a pattern that, that that's repeated itself in the Bay Area as well. Walnut Creek for a long time was a was a bedroom community to San Francisco. Now and over Tiffany's. time, exactly. And over time, <laughs> employers came. And so we would very much like to accelerate that and bring employers to um, to San Luis County, LA. Um, but even if that doesn't happen on day one, we believe that they will come over time. I want to ask you something a little bit more esoteric, which is kind of about the culture. You know, a new city would have to be governed. Um, Reading about you and your history, you came up in Goldman Sachs. You were kind of a wonder kid in your 20s. You quoted Ayn Rand in your book that you wrote saying, the question isn't who's going to let me, it's who's going to stop me. Um, I know you've talked about Peter Thiel as a role model. A lot of these people we're talking about have these very libertarian kind of small government views. How do you bring that and build a new government? So a couple of answers. I think that the, uh, first of all, on the, on, on the personal story, that's the part that's been told. What hasn't been told is that um, 20 months into working at Goldman Sachs, I left to start an, edu- an education company. And then I spent six years working on education companies that built tools that helped workers um, get better at their job and get better jobs. Uh, and so I was the idealist at Goldman who left the money to go and work on education for six years, which is, which is not well known. Um, I think that on the on the quotes about Rand or any of that, um, uh, I mean, Galt's gut, Galt comes we've, to we've, mind. We've, okay, we've, we've 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 all had a lot of beliefs in our uh, in in our twenties uh, that have changed since then. I think that um, there was a lot of um, beliefs about creativity and optimism that that she was correct on, and then there was a lot of ideas that she was misguided about. Um, and I think that. Um, great projects like this are built in partnerships with government. Um, and so um, that's part of it. And then, then the other part of it is that we actually don't expect that this would necessarily be incorporated into a new town anytime soon. And so this could remain in unincorporated Solano mm-hmm. County for a long time, if that's something that Solano County would like. Uh, it would produce significant revenues for Solano County that could help pay for um, more police. Uh, it could help for helping to fight homelessness. It could help pay for better schools. And then at some point, it would be a decision of the voters in this new community whether they want to incorporate. I think to JK's point, Irvine was in unincorporated Orange County for maybe 15 or 20 years mm. before it incorporated. Um, and so, um, again, to, to, to your earlier point about kind of tech utopian communities, unlike many of the others, we, we don't want to innovate on how the government works here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think government is, is, is fine as it is in Solano County. The, 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 the county does a great job of running the county. Um, and if this is a project in Unincorporated and we are the, we are the builders and the county runs it, then we, we would uh, be very happy with the outcome. So a vote next November would not necessarily be to incorporate a new city. It could just be on development plans or something kind of broader than that. 100%. It's definitely not going to be to incorporate a new city. The, the vote would be to, to to change the general plan and possibly create a specific plan. But any incorporation, um, uh, there's no plans for it. And even if it did happen, that would be years and years and years yeah. into the future. And it would be not our decision. That's a decision of the voters. JK, when you hear that, I mean, what do you think? You've covered a lot of land use uh, ballot fights. Uh, what do you think will be the case they need to make? And like, what do you expect to see on the other side? I mean, I think the, the opponents are well organized. They've they've um, four times the it's called the organized growth growth initiative, which just dictates that all urban development, housing, 
uh, um, happen in the seven cities that currently are incorporated in Solano County. So they, that has gone to the ballot four times. It needs to be renewed every every once in a while. Um, and, and every time um, the voters have, have decided to, to keep it. Um, I do think that you know there's an opportunity for the project to to get support, uh, depending on because yeah, like Jan said, there are a lot of people who feel that they're under resourced in Solano County, and they are. And so I think I mean you know just politically, probably focusing on Vallejo, which is the biggest city in Solano County, and which has maybe the biggest urban problems. That you know they may be able to run up big vote numbers mm-hmm. in in that city, and and um, you know where people will be perhaps less impacted by the project. And probably maybe happy to hear some things. Uh, This is a fundraising period for KQED Public Radio. For more information about how to support KQED, you can go to kqed.org. I'm Marisa Lagos. All right, just a few minutes till the end of the hour. Jan has agreed to stay till the end, and we have more more calls. We, I mean, they're blowing up. I'm sorry. We had so many questions for you, too. Um, Adriana uh, in Sacramento, go ahead. Hi, thank you for having me here today. My question is for Jan. Yeah, Um, go ahead. In exploring the website for California Forever, it seems very community-focused. We want to help the community. We want to hear from the community. Um, But my question is, this seems to be in contrast with the ongoing lawsuit against local community members who are landowners that do not want to sell their land. Mm. Um, why are you still pursuing this lawsuit, which is essentially silencing community members that are the most affected by this project? Thanks, Adriana. Jan, go ahead. You know, I'm sorry, but I really can't comment on ongoing litigation. All right. Look, he's already working on government. <laughs> We're going to take uh, the next call is from Maria. Maria in Solano County. Go ahead. Yes, uh, Jan has used the words magical and amazing. And I want to know how is this going to be a magical and amazing for working class people in terms of housing? Because a million dollar house in uh, 12 foot, 1,200 square foot and a $400 a month uh, rental is not magical and amazing. I'd like to hear from him. What is he? What does he propose? Because everybody throws out the whole word homelessness and helping homelessness and 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 affordable housing. What does he mean in terms of affordable housing? I'd like yeah. to hear some numbers. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Maria. Go ahead, Jan. I mean, it's 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 early in the process, so it's hard to put the numbers there. But I, what I would say is that th- there's two pieces to it. The first one is what we hear from a lot of people that we that we meet in Solano County is. Um, that they right now have to spend an hour and a half every day to commute to um, a good paying job somewhere else, or they can take a job for less money uh, in, in Solano County. Uh, and so that clearly impacts very heavily what kind of a home they can afford to rent or, uh, or buy. And so part of the problem is just bringing, part of the solution is bringing better paying jobs um, locally that can shorten commutes as well. In terms of the affordability piece of this, we're very committed to the idea that the people who build the city, the, the construction workers, for example, should be able to live in the city. Um, and, and similarly for um, people who work there, like teachers and nurses and policemen and, and firefighters, um, same kind of an idea. And one of the ideas that we've publicly talked about is that um, we are most likely going to put together a home assistance, kind of down payment assistance mm. payment fund that is only available to um, 
particularly to people who work on the project or who, who live in the city, uh, so they can afford to to live there. The other idea that we've already committed to is there's a there's a there's a tradition in a lot of the new communities that are or new de- developments that are built in America of having a affordable housing neighborhood, the starter home neighborhood, the luxury home neighborhood, and um, I, I personally find it quite abhorrent. And so we're very um, committed to the idea that. Um, we're going to have some big expensive houses and then we're going to have uh, some smaller houses and apartments and, uh, and and studios, but they are all going to be integrated in the in, in the same community instead of having um, these these segregated communities, which I think is just wrong. Yeah. All right. Final probably word here. Uh, Wanda Williams uh, from Solano County, Supervisor District 3. Thanks for calling, Supervisor. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm just really um, calling because I too remain very concerned about the need for a buffer zone uh, to prevent possible encroachment around Travis Air Force Base. As it was mentioned previously by uh, Mayor Moy, the importance of Travis Air Force Base to our region. And mm-hmm. um, the encroachment, you know, we it is an alarming for the community. Um, and, you know, Vallejo has already lost Mayor Island. You know, so we want to make sure that Travis Air Force Base is, you know, has the press, is preserved. Um, we have to protect those base operations. And Travis Air Force Base is um, the protection of our national security. They yeah. provide, you know, transportation for our military supplies. And it's also important that area, which has historically been used for um, cattle and grazing. When you drive through uh, down Highway 12 and you look out at the Montezuma Hills, it looks like dry land. But there's actually wheat and hay Mm -hmm. and other things that are being produced in those areas. And so... um, you know, it's again. I, I don't want to cut you off, but I yeah, I want to give Yana a chance to respond to the Air Force Base. We only have about ninety seconds left in the hour. Thank you, Supervisor, for the phone call. Thank you, Supervisor. Um, so we were we've been very actively talking to the defense community, including the base, um, and. Um, what we have said is that um, in the Travis Reserve area, which is the officially designated area for protecting Travis around Travis, we wouldn't be putting any new community on homes. And so Fairfield on the um, um, on the on the west side is about 0.8 of a mile from Travis. Any community we propose would be significantly further away from Travis. And the other thing that I would say is. Um, there's probably 6,000 acres uh, that are around Travis. Uh, we do own the majority of them. The only party that is proposing to build a new development right under the runway at Travis is another developer. It's the one parcel we don't own. The one <laughs> parcel that we don't own, they are the people who are encroaching on Travis, not us. We believe in the base and we're going to support it. All right. That is Jan Sharmak, for, uh, Sharmak excuse me, former founder and CEO of California Forever. Thanks for coming on this hour. It was great. J.K. Denny and Barry, a housing reporter at the San Francisco Chronicle. We know you will keep watching this. Uh, absolutely. Thank you, Marissa. <laughs> and I'm Marisa Lagos. Uh, this is a fundraising period for KQED Public Radio. For more information, go to kqed.org. Mina Kim will be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, 
the Germanicos Foundation, the Heising Simons Foundation, and the Bernard Osher Foundation, supporting higher education and the arts. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.